Welcome to the Horny Deer Sense Podcast. Man, oh man. First first podcast of 2022. Uh, it's, it's a good one too. We So Dave Owens, we actually uh, caught up with him last deer season. And we just thought, you know, it'd be really cool to, to hang on to it and put it out uh, right before turkey season. So Dave, uh, he was actually introduced to me by my buddy Anthony Ellis that makes the trumpet calls. And Anthony actually sat in on this podcast that, that I think in the moment, I wouldn't say starstruck, but a lot of the the questions that, you know, he had thought about, his mind just went blank. So you don't hear from Anthony much, but he's there. And I bring Anthony up for another reason, because today's his birthday. So happy birthday, Anthony. Uh, but it was it was really cool getting to hang out with Dave Owens uh, when I first started turkey hunting, which wasn't that long ago. Anthony's the one that suggested that I look up Dave on his YouTube channel as far as you know getting an idea of you know not only what turkey hunting is all about, but kind of the strategy and uh, kind of how he goes about turkey hunting. So it was really cool for me to connect with somebody that kind of you know played a part in getting me into the sport, which I absolutely love. Uh, we're sitting here today. It's Friday, April 1st. Got a good hot cup of coffee here in my Waffle House coffee mug. And tomorrow morning is the opener of turkey season here in Georgia. And we're just absolutely, uh, to put it in Mike Lee's favorite word that I use, we're just absolutely giddy about it. So here's the podcast with Dave Owens. It took place at the, the start of deer season last year. Dave had, had taken a really nice buck up in Kentucky. But you can't talk to Dave Owens and not talk turkey. So here we go. Dave Owens, welcome to the Horny Deer Scent Podcast. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Now, we're pretty tickled about it. We've been going back and forth a little while, and I thought you might catch a break after turkey season, but I think you actually got a little busier. <laughs> yeah there's a little rush and playing catch up right after turkey season because everything's kind of sit on the shelf for about three months so there is a little bit of catch up time and i tried to keep myself busy and it always seems like i'm i'm running behind on everything i do but you've definitely been busy uh, i've been dying to ask you about that last buck you posted a picture of on instagram uh, that was in kentucky right it was yep yep tell me about it Oh man, just got lucky, you know, just, <laughs> You're so just modest. you know, just fell into my lap, so to speak. Yeah. We, um, you know, it's just, uh, that persistence thing, I guess you can't, can't buy effort and persistence as long as you apply it. Um, I feel like eventually, you know, you make your own luck and I kind of feel like that was the situation there and feel a little bit overly blessed because it was, uh, came a, a bit quicker than it typically does for me. I feel like I have to, chip away at something for months and months before I fall into any luck with deer but this season it was a couple weeks and I was able to luck into one so yeah it was uh I'm not gonna take it for granted that's for sure I'm awful proud of him you know <laughs> oh absolutely no gorgeous do you do you get to spend as much time in the woods during deer season as you do during turkey season um I, no uh it, it's 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 I won't say that it's not a priority. I got to be outside, but it's almost like if I don't consciously prepare for turkey season the way I do turkey season, then things won't get done. Because I know when March 1 gets here, 
that I'm going to be turkey hunting. Right. Whether I've taken care of the inventory stuff, <laughs> whether I've taken care of the video stuff, whether I've taken care of anything else, I, you know, any of the other irons I have in the fire. Um, when turkey season gets here, I'm going turkey hunting. So if I don't, you know, make a conscious effort to stay on top of the rest of that, then it'll just go undone and there's whole thing will just go up in flames. So <laughs> there's a bit of a, there's a bit of responsibility there than when it comes to when you're running your own ship to keeping everything in line, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I'll be honest with you. I, I went straight to the deer because, you know, we're coming into deer season and we, we are horny deer sense. And this is the, the first podcast that I'll have out this season. I know people have deer on the brain, but it is so hard not to go directly talking to you with you. Yeah. <laughs> I spoke to a guy on a podcast earlier and we spoke about, uh, which I've been on a couple with him and super nice guy. And he, uh, we went through the, through some of the deer stuff, um, because yeah, I like to, I mean, I hunt deer. I mean, I, I call myself, I always downplay my, the amount that I deer hunt. But if you compared it to probably the typical guy that calls himself a deer hunter, <laughs> I probably deer hunt just as much as, or more, you know, it's just oh, yeah. it pales in comparison to what I do for turkeys. Well, um, and that's, yeah. you know, going back to, uh, just, the position you put yourself in, you know, you're in a, a situation where you can take it a little more advantage. So many people are doing that nine to five, five days a week. And you, know, you just kind of got to step back sometimes and you know, just be thankful how everything aligned. Oh, for sure, man. I'm living the dream and I'm not, I'm not so naive to, to think I'm not. And I mean, I know that and I'm thankful for every day that I wake Absolutely. up and I'm able to do this. You know, it came with a lot of sacrifices and, and a lot of work and it does every day. Um, it's not a, you know, it's not a fairy fairy tale. Um, but you know, I'm the luckiest man alive as far as I'm concerned. Oh no. Well, you're, you're in a place that we're trying to get to, you know, that's the, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, passing 40, kind of being on the back nine a little bit, you start paying a little more attention. (laughs) Yeah. You spend the rest of your time. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I've always been one of those guys that, you know, I, was, I put myself into good situations and I made sacrifices to be able to do exactly what I wanted to. Right. But I, not that I, I was never happy. I just tried not to get complacent. You know, if there was always something I could do more, something I could do better, something I could put myself into a better position to do what I loved more. And then it's come full circle to where um, putting myself in these type of positions allows me to contribute to what I love to do more, you know, try to make what I love to do better. Um, it's kind of put myself into that position. It's, it's kind of, uh, like I said, man, I'm living the dream and, and thankful every day that I, I get to wake up with it. Yeah. Well, you're modest about it, but you know, from somebody that discovered you relatively recently. So I've got my, uh, buddy here, Anthony Ellis, uh, who owns AG trumpets. So he actually makes trumpet calls. If you were on video right now, I'd show you one that he, my wife actually gave me for my wedding present that he made. Just yeah. absolutely. Oh, amazing. yeah. I'm familiar with his work. Yeah, for sure. So when I first started and I didn't come up turkey hunting, you know, my, my dad, he never really turkey hunted. We were always fishing during the spring and it was just something I, I couldn't bring myself to accept that everything that everybody said about how great it was, was factual. <laughs> And uh, about four years ago, my cousin, you know, he, he kept pulling, kept pulling and finally got me to go. And uh, 
Anthony over here, obviously picking his brain, trying to figure out, you know, how the hell to kill one of these birds. And um, one of the first things he told me, he said, pull up YouTube, find Dave Owens. And he said, just sit down and just soak it in. And uh, that was my introduction to you. And one of the reasons I want to bring him on with me to talk to you, but in watching you go through it, you know, the first three years that I turkey hunted, I didn't have a opportunity on a bird. I never fired a shot. Uh, really just more stubbornness than anything as far as sticking with it. But watching your show, you know, it wasn't the typical hunting show. Like there were ups, there were downs, there were frustrations, and I didn't feel so helpless <laughs> and yeah. uh, so, so poor at turkey hunting. But It doesn't come easy. Well, no. but for somebody like yourself that, you know, you have a great reputation as being a, a really solid turkey hunter, to know that you're not going out there every time just like clockwork and getting it done. Yeah, for sure. I mean, no, absolutely not. I mean, it, and not to mention people watch me and maybe I'm a more consistent as far as killing turkeys and some, some others, but what you've got to realize is this comes with 20 something years of experience. And of those 20, probably at least a decade of it is with me hunting, like every single day of the season. So when you consider a guy that's been hunting for 30 years, but he only gets to hunt, you know, 12 or 15 days of the season, I may hunt, you know, three or four years worth of his hunting in one season. That's true. Um, that's so true. it's a lot of experience. And that's one of the things when we started the, the hunting, you know, when we, we kind of brainstormed this thing and kind of, you know, it, it grew legs and, and kind of started walking on its own. And we just were behind the steering wheel and trying to keep it, where we wanted it so to speak and, and still are for that matter but it was that, that that effort is what it takes to be successful um the hunting industry and every industry really and you can't blame people they're trying to make a living but there's there's all these gimmicks and gadgets and uh the new fads and things that happen and and those kind of were beginning to overshadow just the effort and the persistence that that is actually you know required almost to to be consistently successful. So um, I used to do a thing where I, we, we hunted a lot and when we did well, uh, just due to, like I said, we, we hit it at 110% and there was no exceptions, not any day, not every day. I mean, not, not any day that the season was open where we not giving it 110%. But, you know, <clears throat> before the video and thing, everybody just saw the pictures at the end of the season. And man, it just, you know, we went here, we, we had these, you know, we, it's different when you say I hunted for six days and killed this turkey. All they see is the picture. Yeah. And I said, man, when we start dragging that video camera along, we'll really be able to tell the story. And people will understand then, like, that turkey didn't, it just didn't, we just didn't happen into it. Like, you know, we, there's 40 miles on our boots to accomplish what we did. But all you, if all you see is the pretty picture, it just makes it seem too automatic. And um, when things seem automatic, it, I don't know. It just kind of, uh, it just kind of blurs the whole picture. You know, I, I want people to understand that, you know, effort is rewarded in, in some avenues of life. <laughs> oh, well, for sure. I'll say this for somebody that discovered it fairly recently. Uh, it, it's really daunting when you're seeing people post pictures of turkey all the time <laughs> you can't buy sure them. heck yeah but to, to watch you guys go through the ups and downs of it you know it, it, it lets you know that 
you know, you can get to that point at some point. Like it's not the hardest thing ever, even though you do have to earn it. Like, oh my God, I have so much more respect for turkeys now than I did five years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. It's definitely obtainable, and that's you know, it's just another one of those things. There's been so much come out of this project that I had no idea we were kind of embarking on. Um, just because, I mean, man, I mean, like you said, it, it is obtainable. Like the way that I hunt is obtainable. Doing the things that I have done and, and do is obtainable for anybody. Like I'm not rich, never been rich. Um, anything that I've done, I mean, the common man can do. And I think that's what actually appealed to people, um, you know, almost unbeknownst to us, you know, which we, we knew what we were, we, we knew what we were, uh, kind of setting out to do. And that was just to show folks that you don't have a, have a, you don't get a steep, uh, you know, a hefty bank account, I guess, or, um, it's just not necessary. As long as you're willing to put forth the effort, um, then you can accomplish, you know, some really cool things. That's a good segue into telling you that Anthony accomplished the Grand Slam this past season. Hey, congratulations, uh, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> took me a while to get to Florida. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah. So between y'all and hunting Florida, how different is that landscape in that area versus any of the other birds you had to chase? It's um, – yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely a different animal for sure. I mean, that the, the terrain and the topography there kind of sets them apart. You can get into some similar stuff when I say like just palmettas and flat and swamp, you know. Um, you can find that kind of stuff, but the animal that is South Florida is, is definitely uh, in a league of its own. And um, especially the public down there, it is really daunting. Um, and that's why, you know, I get asked about Florida probably more than anywhere else, of course, because everybody wants that Osceola. Yeah. And I just try to preach, you know, man, you got to go down there for the experience. Because if you go down there and you're going to be unhappy if you come back without a bird, then you really kind of need to have a reality check before you set the, you know, before you put the park in, put the truck in drive. Because um, the experience you can get down there with all the wildlife that's available down there to you. I mean, you're going to hear stuff that, that you've never heard before. You're going to hear <laughs> birds. I mean, you're going to see birds. You're going to hear, I mean, it's just a, I mean, you would think, I mean, you're, I don't know. It, it's a really unique experience. I would suggest it for anybody that truly loves turkey hunting, but you really have to like set your mind to, Hey, there's a certain amount of agony. That's <laughs> it's almost like there's a certain amount of agony and suffering it's required before you're allowed to be successful down there. It sounds wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sign me up. But no, well, and seeing him go through that, and don't get me wrong, Anthony is filthy rich. He, uh, he's <laughs> Trumpets, huh? No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, but to your point, yeah, I know Anthony's not rich, but – uh, I have watched him, you know, make uh, a purpose out of doing this and uh, accomplishing it. And, uh, you know, kind of to your point, you know, watching you on the show and just the approach and everything, yeah, there are struggles too. But I'll say at the same time, learn so, so much. And I, I can't imagine, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 
coming into this without the resources like a YouTube, you know, just being able to sit. Oh yeah. About 10 years ago, 12. Oh yeah. 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 But with Anthony turning me on to certain people like yourself and granted, you still have to put boots on the ground. You still got to get out there. Like this past season, you know, I took the, the trumpet out that he gave me and it, it's horrible when I, when I do it, don't get me wrong, but I actually got a response from it. Never saw the bird, but that was one of the best feelings ever just to get an answer to it. But to have some, some point of reference is a starting point. It makes it in, I know on the Turkey side, you know, you have the same thoughts I do on the deer side, as far as bringing more people into the sport and the way that you go about it, I, I can't imagine a better way, you know, to set a proper level of expectation to someone, but to show somebody that it's doable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we can't we can't take our foot off the gas pedal as far as hunter recruitment. I mean, we need it. Um, and I think when you talk about learning how to turkey hunt, <clears throat> when I was coming up, I I was I'm self taught, so I didn't have anybody to show me the way. Um, there was magazine articles, there was these hunting forums that used to be very informative. Um, you used to have people that would um, kind of give you tips and tactics, and I would study those. Um, is there any and then, real, and then, you know, you any, know, any real world experience, you know, was there any old information that you absorbed that you later found out wasn't accurate? Anything that comes to mind? Oh man. Anything that comes to mind. Let me see that. Um, I'm sure there was, um, that's just I mean, you hear all kind of why, I mean, all kind of like the myths of turkey hunting, which is, you know, a turkey can't call a turkey downhill. You can't call a turkey cross water. You know, I mean, all of those are, are pretty consistent, you know, so um, before we go on, I would love to know how to call a turkey downhill. <laughs> <laughs> you call them downhill the same way you call them uphill. You know, you just got to be where the turkey wants to be. <laughs> I, I know that it's a myth, but that, you know, hunting with my cousin, we would always walk away with that. You know, oh, you can't call them downhill. It'd make us feel a little better, but we knew we were lying to ourselves. <laughs> There's no absolutes, I guess, is what you got to quickly learn in turkey turkey hunting. There is no absolutes. There's nothing that they won't do if they're in the right frame of mind. So, right. um, but yeah, getting back to that whole like learning how to turkey hunt. Like I got to when we were kicking this thing around, I was like, you know, we like to hunt. This I think it's no it's no surprise or it's no secret that we like to hunt in a little bit more traditional fashion and meaning that we like to use what's between our ears and woodsmanship and um kind of play that game we don't use a lot of the other gadgetry and gimmicks that that are out there um saying that i mean i use mapping software that's available and that's different you know i used to have to carry around the paper maps and use a compass but now with the luxuries of cell phones in everybody's pockets that's kind of been a thing of the past and you know um we use tss because I, I i i don't hunt any different because i have tss in my gun versus lead i would still set up and do exactly the same things but i, I use it because i feel like it's more ethical i mean i feel sure. like it's more lethal to the turkey and um so that's why i use it but that being said we don't use a lot of the visual aids and whatnot and um you know not that i never have but just saying now uh, for the last, you know, long time, I guess I haven't used any of that type of stuff. And that type of hunting, I just found really hard for really hard to find. Um, you know, YouTube was just kind of taken off at that moment when it come to hunting content. And if uh, a, a new guy was wanting to learn how to turkey hunt, that's where he was going to go because magazines were quickly, 
you know, the dot-com deal had just about killed every newspaper and magazine out there. Um, there was no more magazines going out that was tips and tactics and strategies and, you know, teaching you about the bird itself. Um, you know, none of that was readily available like it was when I was trying to learn how to turkey hunt. And I just got to wonder, you know, like guys like yourself, if I wanted to start tur turkey hunting tomorrow, what would I do? I go to YouTube or go to the internet and Google how to turkey hunt or turkey hunting. And, and I would bring up a lot of these strategies and a lot of these tactics that were being used that was just so foreign to me. And I felt like um, the people that were kind of falling into that craze or that just that style um, were kind of missing part of it because in my opinion killing turkeys in that fashion you're, you're just missing you're missing a lot of that whole uh song and dance that makes turkey hunting so appealing to me um the calling aspect you know the woodsmanship aspect um all of that was kind of being hopped over or hurdled and and um you know just to have a dead turkey so i wanted there to be something out there that kind of made this style or that little traditional approach a little bit more available for folks that, you know, they may stumble on that. It may make the whole turkey hunting deal a little bit more fulfilling and satisfying for them. Yeah, I remember some of those first videos you posted on Woody's back years ago and seeing those, thought this is, you know, he's, this is what I want to see. You know, this is the type of hunting that, 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 uh, that I'd like to see. Well, yeah, I was, yeah, I'm very, I was, I'm, I'm fortunate in a sense because I, I have a very unique perspective because I was brought up, like I said, I didn't have anybody to teach me turkey hunting. So I fell into any type of fad or style or uh, popular tactic that kind of took off in the turkey hunting thing because I was paying attention to anything, media, paper, but whatever, you know, that I could, that I could find. So I fell victim to any type of, um, new thing that hit, hit the market. So when, um, um, I think it was like carry light. I think everybody blames B mobile, but I think carry light come out with that first strutting decoy and buddy. Um, <laughs> like I remember seeing that and that year I went down to South Florida and I killed an Osceola. I brought that Osceola back to Georgia. I pinned him on a piece of cardboard with borax for like eight days, took a styrofoam archery target, wrapped that Turkey Cape and, and the wings and everything around that star, uh, target put tent stakes through it and stood his fan up <laughs> made a strutting decoy. Okay. And we toted that thing around for a full season. I mean, it smelled <laughs> horrible by the end of the season, but goodness gracious, let me tell you, like it was before anybody was, you know, it was a real cool thing. It was before be mobile. It was before, I mean, man, we were killing turkeys, you know, that didn't need to be, that didn't deserve to be killed. Like I had, I had no more fooled that turkey than I had <laughs> if he'd have walked across the front yard and I'd shot him out the a bedroom window, you know, but, um, and it did it, it. So basically what I'm saying is I have done it all. I've killed them over strutting decoys behind fans out of tents. I've killed them with muzzleloading rifles. And so I have a, I've seen it from all angles and I've kind of fallen into this, way that i do it now because i feel like i get the most out of the animal you know yes. if he's got to die i want to get every kind of in, you know i want to make sure that I, i've beat him the best i can yeah. and sure there's some you know there's some people out there to say you know you'd get more out of it um if you hunted them with a bow or if you hunted them with a recurve or, or something of that nature but i think we all have to just draw a, a line as to far as what we feel is ethical 
I don't trust myself um, with archery equipment to be 100% lethal on turkeys. I've done it before. I've watched a turkey walk off with one of my errors and never found him. That's and when real. I did, I said, that's the last time. You know, that's yeah. the last time I ever I ever do that. Um, you know, so shotguns were where my line is drawn. And, um, you know, I put my own limitations on myself, on what I'm comfortable and what I feel is ethical for me. And for me, that's, that's like I said, using what's between my ears and, and my shotgun. So, oh, yeah. Well, and not having done it long, you know, I've been fortunate to have the uh, last couple of years a couple of really good areas to go. Uh, so, my house, literally my backyard, back, backs up to the Cahutta Wilderness. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, you walk out the back door and it, it don't take you long. Uh, you're just in, I mean, it's, it's just gorgeous back there. But, uh, the terrain back there versus, you know, hunting on the edge of a pasture and being in a, a ground blind and all that. I can tell you the best way I can put it to somebody is it's like checkers versus chess. You know, yeah. on, on a field that flat surfaces, it's fun, especially, you know, for somebody that hasn't, you know, done it for a great length of time. It's great. But back here in these mountains, to to be engaged with a bird totally different sensation totally different level of fulfillment playing that game versus doing it in you know like on the side of a field or something it is man and i i I guess that's exactly what i was getting at when i was talking about i've done it every way possible yeah and doing it the way i do now is the most fulfilling way that i have found and i i was worried given the fads and the, the popularity of certain techniques and, and tactics. And I don't want to say that I look down on those. I mean, it's a legal method of harvest. So, you know, to each his own, but that being said, if that's the only way that anybody's ever hunted them, I guess what I was trying to make available is, Hey, try it my way. If you don't For like sure. it, I'm not saying you can't ever go back to doing what you do, but Man, it just really feels like I get everything the animal has to offer, and I beat him at his own game when I hunt him in that fashion. So I was more or less just wanting to say, hey, I'm not saying that my way is better than your way. I'm just saying, in my opinion, having done it in every way possible, this is the way I wish everybody could experience it just to get that feeling, you know? And I think it, it goes back to the maturation of just the hunter too, you know, like you, you want people to have success. You want them, you want the sport to grow, you know, so you don't want to totally discard certain strategies. You know, you want people with that. And I wouldn't say that level, but you want it to be a sport that people can enjoy. But if you're looking for that next challenge with it, that kind of like we were talking about that next level of fulfillment that, that feeling where you can walk out of those woods without that bird and still feel like a million bucks. That's what it's all about. Like I've become in the last couple of years, I've become a big, big fan of the Turkey. (laughs) Yeah. And and this was, you know, for, for most of my life, I couldn't accept that I could be as excited about shooting a bird as I could, uh, you know, a, a good whitetail. And I was so incredibly wrong. Like, I'm not going to say that I'm looking past deer season. I'm so happy that it's here. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't jonesing for spring, you know, just, just to get always. back out there. <laughs> yeah, always, for sure. Uh, we yeah. were watching um, 
Isabella's <clears throat> meat eater last night, and uh, <laughs> he's he's elk hungry, elk hungry, hunt, hunting. Sorry, as you took, we took too long to get connected, and I had one too many glasses of this boy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, me and my wife are watching, and I'm telling her, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like a hybrid of deer hunting and turkey hunting, you know, where you're communicating with the animal, and at one point the elk comes into the screen and uh, he senses something's not right. And he kind of, you know, trots off, but eventually comes back. But I'm telling my wife, I'm like, Oh no, that would never happen with a turkey. Yeah, you, get, <laughs> you, you, you get one shot, you're done. You know? Yeah. But, I, but I catch myself defending the hell out of Turkey just in the short amount of time that I've chased them, just a whole, whole, whole new level of respect for them. It's funny how turkeys do that to people. I mean, I, I'm be the first to admit, I, I can just get plum weird when it gets to talking about turkeys. So I try to refrain from that because <laughs> it's uh, it, it's not relatable to some people. Like you're talking about a bird. I mean, it's, you're looking, <laughs> yeah. it's poultry for goodness sakes. But yeah, um, I can completely relate that there's something just, just, I don't know. Turkeys are just different. They always have been different for me ever since my first interaction with them, there was just some type of draw, some type of connection, some type of, uh, I don't know, just, I could, uh, I don't know, almost sympathize with them, you know, and that's yeah. what makes killing them so weird to me. Um, and I do it and I, I do a lot of it, um, out of a, just pure passion, just wanting to have another experience the next day and the next day. But, um, now there's some people that say, you know, if you if you feel remorse when you're hunting, then then that's just silly. Like, you know, if you're out there for a purpose, and when you kill them, there shouldn't be any remorse. But I I, I don't feel the same way. Like I, I'm with you. I that's that's kind of when you know, I could tell you a quick story. Me and a buddy of mine, <clears throat> um, who was my hunting partner for 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 many years there, um, through our formidable ages, they were. <laughs> We, we were really, that's who I did a lot of the strutting turkey with out of fan and, and, and fanning and, and, and hunting them out of tents and all this kind of stuff. And, and he and I used to travel a lot together and he and I, he, he had some really good property. His family had some really good property and he and I were hunting a bird one time and had a blind set up and we went hunting in the morning, didn't kill him, got out, had a good work, come back in the evening, went, snuck back in the blind set out that strut and decoy a big old gobbler come out like 300 yards down a power line right away with like eight hens remember it like it was yesterday i call the turkey sees the strut and decoy and turns and leaves all eight hens oh, runs wow. right up runs right up to this decoy that we had stuck out there at about 12 yards and i smoke him with a shotgun out of a tent and i walked up to that turkey and i looked at that turkey and i said that as far as i know that's the last turkey i ever killed over a decoy there was a feeling of, I don't know. I was a little bit, I don't, I don't know. It just, something just kind of hit me right in the feels to where like, you know, I, that, that turkey didn't deserve to die. I didn't do what it should have taken to take his life. And, and from that point on, like I said, I, don't, I can't say for certain I've ever, I've ever killed another one over a decoy after that one. It was, it was that turkey. And I remember it like it was yesterday, just talking about that connection and that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like when I when I walk up on one where I felt like I've played it by the rules, then there's a sense of accomplishment. There's a sense of appreciation, but there's a lot less. You know, I don't feel like I've done anything wrong. I feel like I couldn't be in a better place, you know, but um, it, it has to be done by the rules for me to get that feeling. 
No, I totally get that. And I hope to get there someday. <laughs> and one, I think, like, I, I think there's still a lot to be done, um, even myself. Like, I, I've been doing this for 20-something years, but still that pales in comparison to some of these guys that are out there. And you read the literature of the Tom Kellys, you know, and the, uh, the Gene Nunneries, and, you know, these type – people that hunted them for 50 some odd years and talk about having gobblers and and you know not killing them because the time wasn't right even though they could have killed them and that's next that's level a, you know that's a that's yet another level and maybe yeah. i'm i'm getting there i found myself it sounds I like say, it. i was questioning myself a couple times this year and it was it was a bit it was new ground for me you know yeah. um I have a luxury of doing something I've always dreamed to do. And, and it almost feels like I need to um, almost, I don't, I don't know how to put it. You know, it get, like oh. I said, I get weird when it comes to turkeys. You're <laughs> almost like turkeys, Jane Goodall. <laughs> 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 you get to spend so much time out there, but seriously though, you know, when you do, uh, and I don't even name deer anymore, you know, <laughs> some people, yeah put names on deer yeah. that they're chasing over the years and uh it it can get you know to that point where it does get it hits a little too close to home i totally get that yeah i mean it's in in here again I'll, I'll i'll hit you with another story um a fool almost would would say that you wouldn't kill a turkey when you get the opportunity to kill a turkey especially if you're hundreds of miles away from home it's rained on you for three or four days. Um, the turkeys don't seem to be in the right mood. You, you've hit it wrong, so to speak, when it comes to the timing of the spring, or maybe it was it was just the weather pattern that had them a little bit off balance. But, you know, <clears throat> I hunted them hard, and I wandered into a situation where it was raining, and I was checking fields, and, I, and there was a field that you couldn't, couldn't see from the road. And, you know, I put forth the effort to put my rain gear on and getting back to that field. And as I wander up on that field, I – come around the corner or look over the terrace and there's a pair of long beards in the back of that field walking straight to me. Um, a fool would say, you don't get your butt by a tree and let them continue on their path and kill them. You know, don't, don't yeah. kick a gift horse in the mouth. Right. Um, five years ago, I don't feel like I would have thought twice about it. You know, that situation hit me this year and I, and I, I didn't do anything differently than I would have five years ago, but I think I felt a little different, you know, when I stood over him, I thought, and I even said it to the camera before I, I killed the turkey. I was like, I think I'm just going to back off and try to come at him from a different angle and, and call to the turkeys. I knew good and flipping well, that wasn't going to work. I done dealt with them turkeys and saw what attitudes they were in for three. I knew them turkeys wouldn't gonna come to a yelper. I knew the only way of killing those turkeys was to just get in front of them. And if I think if I'd have came up on that field and the turkeys would have been walking away from me and I would have had to back up and go around and crawl and, you know, dig a ditch or whatever to get yeah. to them and kill them. I don't think I'd ever been a doubt in my mind, but it's almost like the luck was too good almost. And I almost felt like I, I don't know. It, it was a different feeling than I've ever had before, which kind of made me question myself whether I was, 
I was turning a new leaf, you know. <laughs> now, I do know, and again, uh, I hope to be there someday. <laughs> so you mentioned that nobody taught you, you know, really how to, to turkey hunt. How old were you and, and what really piqued your interest and pulled you in? Shoot, man, I wish I could put my thumb on it because I can't tell you exactly what it was. I knew I was, my daddy was a fanatical, a deer hunter, and I, and I had bumped into turkeys also becoming an obsessed deer hunter, just wanting to be outside and being infatuated with everything wild and just wanting to understand it. But I guess I was a little bit different because I've always been one of those. I was a kid that when I heard something, I had a, an ability to just mimic it, whether that be uh, owls or turkeys, or I used to call morning doves. I remember my dad used to have a bird feeder out the back. I'd get on the back porch and use my hands and make that little morning dove sound and just call the doves to the roof peak. You know, I've I was just one of those people that, that. <laughs> you know, one of those people that just mimicked anything that yeah. I heard and was able to do it. <clears throat> so I think that's what caused the turkey hunting thing, the communication of that. That aspect is what made it so attractive. And I remember getting some of the uh, all-stars of spring videos. I think that was like the real tree spin, you know, and then they had goblin fantails. Uh, then, of course, the truth videos. And then, you know, hunting the country um, just started. All I wanted to watch was was turkey stuff. And I remember getting an old HS strut uh, instructional VHS to learn how to use a mouth call. And I don't know, it was it always intrigued me that nobody else was doing it. And uh, almost made me want to be good at it even more because yeah. nobody else done it, you know. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of blossomed from there. And I have a willing uh, – my parents were – man, I just really didn't say no to anything if I, if I wanted to put forth the effort in this turkey hunting thing. My dad wasn't a turkey hunter, but it'd take me on occasion. And, and what was really kind of alarming <laughs> was how <laughs> willing my mother was to get up on weekends – before I could drive and I had gotten permission from a family friend to hunt their place on the other side of the County. And my mom on the weekends during the spring would get up no drive about 20 minutes across town to drop me off in their driveway and then turn around and drive 20 minutes back home. And this was before daylight and she'd come and get me out of their driveway at lunch. Every Dude, day. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I killed my first turkey. I was, how old were you? I was 13 or 14. I think I was 14 when I killed my first turkey and it was on one of those little expeditions, my mom had kicked me out before daylight out in their driveway. And I had, uh, and the place was just filthy with turkeys. I mean, it was just filthy and I had done screwed them up for a whole year. And this was the second year I was allowed to hunt their place. And, um, I looked into a, uh, into a Jake and that just, man, it, I just remember walking up and grabbing that Jake and like lifting its tail up you've seen everybody take their picture behind the tail they fan the <laughs> yeah. tail out for some reason and i had never touched a wild turkey i didn't have a clue and i remember thinking that that tail i mean that thing to me looked like it weighed 30 or 40 pounds you know what i mean oh yeah and i remember getting behind that tail and it being so light i'm like oh it makes sense it's feathers but i had never put forth that amount of thought into like it's the tail was going to be so light and so easy to get behind and whatnot so um yeah man after that it just I just wanted to become better at it. And the calling thing um, kind of got to me and started trying to be better at that and wandered into the competition calling thing. And That's so, a yeah, great it just story. Kinda, yeah, it just kind of blossomed from there, you know. What was your mom's reaction when she pulled up and saw you with a turkey? Oh, she was blown away. She, I mean, she always kicked her 
boy off never thinking that he would actually accomplish what he was set out to do, you know, and I'm sure I come back and hopped in the car with some far-fetched story every time she picked me up that she had to suffer through. But, you know, for me to actually hoist that turkey up when she come riding up the driveway, I'm sure she was blown away. Oh, that's incredible. Now, I I, I wish so much uh, that I'd discovered it sooner. I was actually uh, this past spring was able to spend a lot of time in the woods and kind of had one of those accelerated years of experience. And uh, I even told Anthony after this season, like, you know, as far as any one given season being deer, turkey, whatever, I can't say that I enjoyed one more than this past turkey season that I came through. I just, it was just, just one of those years, you know, there was so much going on all the time and then, you know, the learning curve. And I think, I think that's a huge part of it is just seeing the growth that comes with being out there and recognizing what you're hearing and, you know, and really, I guess what, what was kind of making you feel the way that you were as far as, feeling like you're involved in the game and you, you, you are in just in smack dab middle of that chess match. Yeah. I mean, when I fool a Turkey, I feel like it, it was really a all hands on deck kind of thing. Like I feel like I luck into deer sometimes and the strategy is cool, but the deer doesn't know I was there. You know, it's, yeah. it's like the deer never had a chance to know I was there. And it's so different with turkeys cause they do like they're hunting you, you know? And, um, it just to me it's such much it's a much more intimate reaction when you're conversing with something and, and pretending to be something else and pretending to be something else that they're extremely familiar with you know so um yeah it's 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 really cool um and yeah just talking about it like you said it's got me jonesing for for march already <laughs> <laughs> we've we've talked we spent the first 45 seconds on deer <laughs> <laughs> And we're fixing it, yeah. And just well, heck, it is October, so I mean, deer's deer's the thing right now, you know. No, this is my very first podcast of this year. Like I've been I've been slacking so badly, and uh, I, I I've known that I've needed to you know get back on on the the podcast horse and and whatnot. But uh, it really took connecting with you to to get me to bite the bullet. But it's so hard to talk about deer once I get you on here. <laughs> I, deer, i'm one of those guys i could probably talk about anything hunting uh if we were at a uh, if we were at a party i'd probably be the guy in the corner that didn't talk to nobody unless they wanted to talk about hunting but if there's anything that i can continue to run my mouth about is it's hunting man I, it, it's near and dear to me and i i want to make sure that that what little bit of footprint i may leave on this this thing that it's a positive one and i want to make sure that you know, given the position that I've kind of fallen into that, you know, it become a thing to where I wanted to help people like be good at it. And I wanted to help people like, you know, just like you said, see that certain things were obtainable that they kind of almost viewed as out of reach for them. Um, And like my buddy Doc Weddle says, like, you know, it's the poor man's big game turkey hunting. So that's why it's, it kind of give, just about anybody the ability to travel and and gave them a reason to go see far off places um and all that you know that's cool and and, and introducing people to their their abilities and the efforts being rewarded and and all that kind of stuff but at the same time given the situation we're seeing with turkeys right now i want to make sure that you know this this footprint we leave man i want to leave the resource 
better than we than we found it. Um, the guys through the through the seventies and eighties, you know, the efforts that they put forward to to get us where we're at with turkeys, man. I, I don't think we need to take it for granted. And um, I don't know. I, there's just a lot of cool things that are happening right now on the conservation side of things and on the on the turkey research side of things. And and you know, just so that you know, when they think about the you know, when they think about the the 2020s and the 2021s and the COVID and all that type stuff. And the, I'm hoping that we can say, you know what, that's, that's also the same, same time that can be comparable to the seventies when the NWTF was born. And when the super fund, which is, you know, put so much money into Turkey habitat, when those things were born is when in a, in a moment when turkeys were, you know, needing the attention. And I think we're, we're, you know, I think it's come full circle. And I think we're right back at one of those, one of those opportunities to where we can make a little, a little change it'll have a long lasting effect and that's that's what i'm excited to be a part of and, and hoping that i can no that's very well put what do you think about them cutting their season back in georgia here i think it was <laughs> i didn't i can't say that i'm a fan of it i think there was i wish there would have been other avenues looked into but i understand that we had to do something and we Better safe than sorry, I guess. Um, And, you know, better safe than sorry. But at the same time, I think there was a lot of uh, other options I would have liked to have seen researched or looked at, you know. And at the same time, there's certain stuff that happened I feel like was a little over coverage, you know. Um, I think we kind of uh, maybe stepped across the line a little too far sometimes, you know, when you talk about, um, reduce an opportunity. I'm, I'm really, I think it should be a last ditch effort. If when we start reducing opportunity, I think it should be, you know, the last option, you know, that we, that we employ. And I don't think it was, I think there was some other stuff that we, sh- we could have explored. Right. Um, is it going to be effective? Obviously the safest thing to help a resource is to hunt it less, to kill less of them. Um, and when you reduce the opportunity, that's exactly what's going to happen. So, Sure. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to reduce opportunity and cut back on, you know, uh, the ability to recruit new hunters and for, you know, the ability for us to collect funds that could potentially help with this turkey population issue that we're seeing. You know, I want people to be able to hunt turkey so that they're important. I want, you know, the interest that surrounds turkeys to remain there. I don't want them to become a second class uh, resource because they don't, you know, they don't produce as much money as, you know, deer or hogs or, or whatever else could exactly. potentially be a license revenue generator. So I'm wanting to, you know, not that I don't, not that I think this regulation change is going to me, that's what it means. But I mean, if you continue down that same road of reduced opportunity, it could potentially mean that, you know? So right. if you heard some plastic, Dave, Anthony and I are now lighting cigars and <laughs> up in Hody tribute. Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, talk about a, talk about something that kind of took off. I guess I'm 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 uh, blamed for creating some bad habits. So only, only ours are not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you getting to to spend some time in the woods with, with your dad deer hunting. What do y'all got lined up? I know y'all you've got the the book that you posted recently. What you guys got coming up? Yeah, um, actually leaving tomorrow, gonna gonna go try to uh, sit behind him and 
see if we can't get one in front of him. So, um, yeah, we're going to, going to keep doing that. And I think we're planning a trip out to, um, to Oklahoma, uh, beginning of November. Um, so yeah, I think he and I are going to be seeing a lot of seat time, uh, upcoming up. So I'm really hoping that I can, I can put some content together. That'll be entertaining for everybody. Um, and, uh, centered around deer uh deer deer popular (laughs) people like deer um so uh and it's fun you know especially that november time frame you know it's it's one of those things i i get i can really kind of get uh my eyes set on deer starting about halloween through thanksgiving um after thanksgiving ship has sailed i mean it is full turkey after that (laughs) but um you know and then that's that time is, is coming so i'm trying to get get all the uh, I's dotted and T's crossed so that I can be available when that time comes. So, um, anyways, looking forward to that. Um, looking forward to a little bit of cooler weather and so it feels a little bit more like deer season as well. So, whether they're of well-known name or nobody knows them, who is on your Mount Rushmore of turkey hunters? Oh, man. Um, gosh, I wouldn't even – it's so, um, hmm. I don't, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even know. That's a heck of a question. I wouldn't even know. Um, man, there's, there's people in this game that, I that I definitely have respect for like tremendous respect, like the doc Weddle that I, that I mentioned earlier. Um, the turkey hunter out of just pure passion for loving to hunt turkeys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that I can get, get, get it, you know, I can get, I can get down with, I mean, somebody that, that really, um, that really gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't happen immediately. And that's what I would tell anybody that's thinking about turkey hunting. Don't, you know, People are hashtag blessed at certain times, you know, things happen, but it does take a little bit of time in the woods with, with Turkey, you know, to, to really get an appreciation for the foe. I guess if you want to use that word that, that you're up against, because I can say personally, I never in a million years would have thought, that it would be the challenge that it turned out to be. And to see people like yourself that, you know, have spent the the amount of time out there and, you know, the boots on the ground and actually learned and can identify, that's that's probably what impresses me the most. You know, when me me and my cousin go, (laughs) if we hear one gobble, especially back here in the mountains, you know, he'll point one way and I'll point the exact opposite way (laughs) as far as where we heard it. And then, but to me, that is so much of the fun, just being out there in the morning and, you know, I always, I'm, I'm the coffee guy. I always bring a thermos of coffee. So before daylight, we're standing out there and drinking coffee, but we're talking about things that we would just in day-to-day life never talk about. And we're spending time together in that moment, like no other moment, you know? And when you do get on a bird, when you do hear a bird, that initial excitement, you know, you lock, you lock eyes and both of your eyes are like, they're like saucers, you know, and then the game planning starts and you're trying to figure out the, the next step or the next move. 
And, you know, sometimes it works out. The vast majority of the time it doesn't. But you can walk away from it feeling so glad that you got out of bed that morning. You know, you don't have to walk out with a bird to feel like you've done something. I said it a long time ago. I'm pretty sure turkey hunting is the only uh, uh, type of hunting that I can do where I come back to the truck smiling without a, without whatever I intended to go get, you know, Absolutely. I mean, I can come back, I can come back almost laughing at myself sometimes at the, <laughs> at that, what fine. I did wrong or, or, or maybe I didn't do something wrong. He just did something that right that I right. almost found amusing. Um, and, uh, the, uh, the instincts that they have, I mean, they're so, flipping just on edge i mean man the, the instincts that they acquire through a lifetime of surviving being everything's prey right. is just crazy and um it's just like i said i come back laughing and it's comical how how their their ability to just remain alive you know and getting back to what you said just a second ago like when it comes to turkeys it's just different for me because I, I it's almost like a battle it's like a war you know i mean they've always said in order for it to, you know, to, to actually be a war, there's a, a certain amount of respect that you got to have for sure for, you know, for your competitor, for who's on the other side, you know? And I think that, that strikes true with turkey hunting for me. I don't see when I go deer hunting, I don't see that as a competitor, mostly because I don't really feel like I know who's on the other side, you know, right. um, turkeys. I feel like as soon as he gobbles, we, almost develop a relationship it's almost a greeting as to you know here we go like you know let the um let the battle you know commence so to speak and with deer i just don't get that because i, I don't know who i'm hunting you know I don't, I don't there's not like a formal introduction and and with turkeys i just feel so often there is now that makes sense and that that was actually i, I think i teared up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it was, but it was beautifully put in, you know, five years ago that, and I think that's what I was trying to get at. I would not be able to understand where you were coming from with that. And, you know, having a, a you know, a, a little bit of a glimpse into it now, again, I'm, I love whitetail deer hunting. <laughs> we're, we're in business for, for, for whitetail deer hunting, but at the same time, I am so, so, so glad that somebody pulled me into turkey hunting. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it's like I said, like when, when we started this discussion, I said, you know, you may have to stop me because I can get plum weird when it gets to turkey sometimes. I, I have know. to, you know, hit, I have to hit the brakes because I'm like, man, people are going to listen to this and listen to me talk about turkeys and go, this is just a, this dude's just a freak. Like he lives in a cave and he never <laughs> sees a lot of day unless it's spring. And he just sits there probably with a pet turkey and pets it all the time or something, you know, I mean, he's, he's <laughs> so, yeah. So Anthony, you got Dave Owens accessible right here. I don't want to keep him all night. And by the way, Dave really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, I know you know, not only in turkey season, but I know you, you run pretty hard and you have to. So for you to cut out an hour to hang out with us, I really do appreciate it. Oh, man, anytime. Yeah, I'm, I, like I said, I, I enjoy I mean, it's just another avenue for what I hope is for somebody to you never know who's listening. You know, you know what you it, never feels know. Like? it feels What's like that? 
back in the day before everybody shopped online and you'd go to your local sporting goods store and yeah. get some bow work done or something. And the next thing you know, you're 45 minutes into talking shop with somebody. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's the beauty behind podcasts. It's gotten to where you can almost like have a, have a conversation while you're driving down the road. You know, you can listen in on somebody's, you can eavesdrop on somebody's conversation. It sounds, <laughs> yeah. sounds so familiar to the old days, you know? Oh, absolutely. But I'm going to Anthony, is there anything that you would like to ask Dave Owens, the man, the myth, the turkey legend? <laughs> what, what, what's your favorite area to hunt besides Georgia? Uh, Georgia is my favorite, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, Georgia and Alabama. I mean, the, 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 the specifically the northern portions of those states, like the mountains, is kind of what I call home. And anything that even resembles that, the hardwoods of uh, Indiana, um, that hardwood ridge setting is, man, it's just sexy to me. Like, I just that's just where turkeys just seem to be, seem to to really just do what I like, you know. And and I like those this the the surroundings and. Um, I like the topography. I like the, I like the vertical stuff. Um, obviously, I like hunting them anywhere as a goblin. But <laughs> if I had to pick just one place, uh, that would be it. Um, the beauty behind turkey hunting is that they exist in so many of those different places, and you, well, you don't have to choose. So, right. <laughs> I think we're. Because I'm telling you, there's something about there's something about a goblin inside of a cypress dome too. They just they sound they just sound different and it's a it's a completely different uh you know it, it'll spin your wheels in a completely different way but man it's but yeah if I if I had to choose one it's a it's early spring late March early April uh, leaves not on the trees yet um, 38 42 degrees oh yes uh, five mile an hour wind just enough to tickle tickle the leaves on the ground and um, yeah that's it for me oh you got me you got me jonesing for turkey season just now <laughs> <laughs> i agree i agree but no Dave, we appreciate the time so so much uh i'll give you an opportunity right now i know you're involved with a lot of a lot of things as far as the nwtf goes and uh really you know anything that you want to get out there as far as anything that y'all got going or anything that somebody should be paying attention to that might be able to, to help, whether it's monetarily or whatever. Uh, yeah. Just take off. No, man. Yeah. I mean, I, um, any type of, uh, turkey hunting in its, uh, simplest form kind of became about because of the grassroots movement, because of people just like you and I that love to hunt them wanted to save them and wanted to see them be successful so that we would have the opportunity to hunt them and enjoy them. And, um, we're at a point in time to where I think people need to need to remember. We need to be, um, we need to give as much as we take. I think, uh, we got a little bit spoiled in the riches that the guys of the seventies and eighties kind of put on us. And, um, we need to remember that we need to make sure that we're contributing as much to those populations as we're taking. Right. Um, and whether that be, you know, your $35 NWTF membership, whether that be, you know, going to the Turkish for tomorrow website and tossing some donations their way to help with those research projects that were just announced. I mean, whether that be, uh, you know, jumping in with your local wildlife federation, you know, uh, Alabama wildlife federation, Georgia wildlife federation, every state almost has a wildlife federation that, that goes toward, um, helping put money toward habitat and stuff. I mean, I think we've got to kind of start driving that home that we need to, 
uh, not be just a huge population of takers. And we need to, we need to have motivated turkey hunters that are also concerned about giving, you know, um, sure. you know, everybody, uh, we want to recruit hunters. I mean, license dollars are very important, but you know, if everybody that bought a license also bought a, all the membership here or there, or pitched in 25 or 30 bucks or a hundred bucks or bought some hats and shirts from these, uh, brands that are given a certain percentage to, um, to conservation, um, buying duck stamps. I mean, there's, there's so many little ways that you don't have to rely on a big business or a big company to stroke big checks to make sure that we still have turkeys. I mean, the easiest way to keep turkeys on the landscape is for every household, you know, if you hunt them, then, then sit back a, a few dollars to help them, you know? And I think that's, that's what, um, that's the crossroads that we're at now is just making sure that everybody, you know, just, you know, does their part, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm, you know, I hold myself accountable on her. I'm trying to, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, that this little, uh, this issue that we're seeing with some wild turkey questions, I want to make sure that, that I'm part of that, of that concerned population that gets those answers and make sure that 30 years from now that we're still listening to turkeys in these same hardwood ridges we just mentioned. So. No, I'm absolutely right there with you. And I'll say, you know, if there's ever anything that, that we can do on our end, you just let us know. Awesome, man. We sure, I sure appreciate that. Absolutely. Dave, I don't want to, so obviously we would hang out with you. I'm not kidding you, especially since we've got these cigars lit up. We've got a <laughs> bottle of bullet here. We would literally hang out with you all evening long if we could, but I know that you've got things that you need to get back to like a life and a family and all that good stuff, but <laughs> really do appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Enjoyed it thoroughly and uh, not to look past deer season, but yeah, you've got me looking at spring. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, guys, it was a pleasure. And until next time you guys take care of yourselves. Yes, sir. Yeah. Have a good one, Dave. See you, Dave. Take care. Thanks as always for checking out the Horny Deer Sense podcast. Uh, big, big thanks to Dave Owens for taking time out of his schedule to hang out with us and uh, talk turkey. Tomorrow is the opener of turkey season here in Georgia. So y'all stay safe and good luck. And yeah, we'll keep you posted on ours. Woo! <laughs>